0: This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With the bye week on the horizon, our beloved had the opportunity for a perfect October in the way of a three-game winning streak when they strolled into Detroit to take on the Lions on Sunday. Did the Bears get the job done, or did they stumble into the bye yet again? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the week six review episode of the Chicago Bears review. Frustrations are plenty to be had by the Chicago Bear fans and probably just the team in general as they drop a i don't want to say heartbreaker because it didn't exactly anyway what's going on everybody larry d back for the week six review episode of the chicago bears review and um you know you'll hear me talk about it in the knee-jerk reactions but this is definitely one that the bears should have had uh without a doubt the bears should be three and three right now heading into the bye week on a three-game winning streak um you know, But they, uh, they choked yesterday. They blew it. The defense was terrible uh, in yesterday's game. Uh, they had their moments, but for the most part, they reverted back to uh, 2014 again, where basically Stafford and, and company uh, had their way with us, especially through the air. Um, I don't remember what Stafford's final numbers came in at, but it was close to 400 yards if it didn't break 400 for the day. I believe he did have four touchdown passes, um, but also, you know, the referees gave Detroit uh, a lot of help, uh, and 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 a lot of help. I mean, uh, big calls that that went against the Bears uh, on Sunday. It was uh, really just mind-numbingly frustrating to watch. One thing that I failed to mention uh, in any of the knee-jerk reactions was the uh, on the final drive for the Lions that fifty-seven yard t- throw from. Uh, Stafford to Calvin Johnson, uh, the referees blew a holding call. I mean, Willie Young was practically being drugged down from behind right there in front of a referee, and nobody threw the flag, and it went for a 57-yard gain, and two plays later, the Lions kicked the field goal that won it. So, uh, you know, but definitely a lot of things went wrong between from that moment to the opening uh, kickoff, and, um, you know, mostly because... (laughs) um, it was opposite day uh, in Detroit. You hear me talk about it a lot in the knee-jerk reactions, especially because it's one of those things I couldn't let go, um, which was the opposite day of that, you know, in the preview show. I said that uh, the Bears needed to finish their drives, touchdowns, not field goals, and keep Detroit down. You stop them from making a fast start, getting any confidence or, you know, any hope. That they might be able to hang in this football game, and the Bears did just the opposite of that for the majority uh, of the afternoon. So, uh, plenty of uh, stuff to talk to, plenty to cover. Because uh, what wasn't uh, we what we won't cover in, in the you know play-by-play? There'll be definitely to talk to, but tough, a lot to talk to uh, between the lines, just with the controversy of the calls that were made and those that weren't uh, on Sunday. So um, what do you say we go ahead and dive right into the review of the Bears and Lions week six this past Sunday? (sighs) This means war. Rondé Barber was the color commentator for the game uh, on uh, Sunday, and he made the comment that when div- division rivals get together, you can throw the, the, the records or, you know, the win-loss records out the window. And that definitely seems to be the case whenever the Bears and Lions uh, get together. And, uh, you know, especially in this season, the Bears at 2-3, and three, the Lions at 0-5, oh you definitely want to throw those records out and just play some football. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I think to a football fan, the game was entertaining, you know, 37-34 to 34 being the final score, lots of points uh, going back and forth, lots of offense. Uh, neither defense really really showed uh, for the most part in, in these games at all, uh, you know, quite frankly. Um, uh, it showed up in spots uh, for both teams, and, um, you know, for the Lions, it showed up in the red zone whenever the Bears tried to get up or tried to score, uh, and for the Bears, it uh, – yeah, it didn't really show up. Who am I kidding? We gave up 37 points on Sunday, and um, you know we gave it up to an offense that's been struggling. Um, you know, we uh, an offensive line that had been struggling to protect Matthew Stafford uh, did give up two sacks, but for the most part, Stafford was free and clear to do whatever the hell he wanted uh, on Sunday. And um, uh, you know, we're still struggling with the, with takeaways. Um, you, we'll get to the we'll get to the one that was taken away from us. Uh, in a, in a few minutes here, but um, you know we did have one takeaway in the third quarter. Uh, we had two others, but they were on special teams, so our defense didn't generate all three of the turnovers uh, that we had uh, on Sunday. So we're still struggling uh, in that area. And on offense, uh, for the first time this year, we really struggled running the football, and I think that that's really in the end really what hurt us because. Uh, when we got inside the red zone, that's, uh, you know, you'd figure we'd probably want to run run more since the area is more condensed. There's more bodies in a, in a smaller, you know, area of uh, of the field. And, uh, you know, running the ball would probably be more plausible there. But instead, we were pass happy uh, in the red zone, and it ended up costing us, uh, in the end, settling for field goals when it should have been touchdowns. So, I mean, that is a common theme that you will hear me talk about quite a bit in uh, the knee-jerk reaction. So why don't we go ahead and dive in. First quarter knee-jerk reaction when the Bears and the Lions kick things off.
1: Yep. Knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter, the Bears and the Lions. And anyone listening to the preview show said, that you heard me say that there are two things that the Bears have to do against the Lions on Sunday. Number one, we have to finish our drives. Touchdowns, not field goals. And number two, we have to keep Detroit away from getting – off to a fast start. Okay, so basically the Detroit is down right now. We want to keep them down. We don't want to give them any reason for hope. Well, after the first two drives of the game, we were 0-2. Uh, the Lions took the opening kickoff. Ten plays, eighty yards, and a touchdown from Matt Stafford to, to Lance Moore. And they looked efficient. They kind of look like the, the Lions that we've known and hated for, for years. Very efficient on offense, running the ball decently, getting the ball down the field, and and so on and so forth. Stafford spreading the ball around. We're not able to get to him in the pocket, and so on. The Bears come out, and like you heard me talk about in the previous show, a bat out of the hell, a bat out of hell from twenty to twenty. And that
0: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match. Just go to indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and
1: confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Literally how that happened. We started at the 20, made it down to the other 20, and then folded on offense, ended up having to settle for a field goal. However, on the second drive for the Lions, the Bears did bottle them up, finished off a third and one. The Lions decide they want to throw the football, and it's a sack for Jarvis Jenkins and Eddie Goldman. They meet at the quarterback to shut that down. Right now, the Bears have the football on their second drive. They're already in Lions territory as Alshon Jeffrey with three catches on that drive. That's right. Alshon Jeffrey is playing today how about that the Bears are moving the football they're down seven to three and hopefully they can stick to the guidelines that I said in the preview show which is to finish the drives and come back and keep shutting Detroit down on offense so right now we're down seven to three but we are moving the football
0: and that is right Alshon Jeffrey did play uh on Sunday uh you know finally for the first time since week one uh, against Green Bay he missed four games Arizona Seattle Oakland and Kansas City finally comes out of uh, you know dust off the old hamstring to get himself back out on the uh, out on the field and overall was impressive uh, on Sunday and it really kind of makes you even more pissed at him because uh, you know this is what we've been missing for the last several weeks is is Alshon's big play ability eight catches 147 yards and a touchdown uh, on Sunday those are big numbers that we've definitely Definitely been missing. Eddie Royal also played uh, on Sunday. Martellus Bennett played through a quadriceps injury. He hurt himself on Thursday uh, in practice, pulled a a, uh, quadricep muscle. Um, You know, in a lot of ways, this bye week is coming at a good time and a bad time all at the same time. Um, It's a good thing because we're seriously banged up. I mean, just as one of the most injured teams in the league right now, I think 13, 14 names on the injured list. Uh, going into this uh, football game and it's coming at a bad time because it's you don't ever want to go to a bye in in the situation the bears are in to lose a game especially the way that they did it to lose a game knowing that you should have won knowing that you should have went not guessing knowing that you should have won uh the game knowing that you let it slip away especially to a division rival to one of their more hated uh division rivals on top of it and knowing that you were the team that allowed a team that was, you know, a winless team to get its first win uh, of the year, they did that to you, and that sucks. That really sucks. So, so uh, mentally, probably not the best time uh, for this team going into the bye. Physically, it absolutely is. We could definitely use the break to get some of our guys rested and get them ready to play uh, between now and November first, when we start at home against the Vikings in week number eight so it's it's a it's a great time and it's a terrible time all at the same time so um but again in the first quarter like I said 0 for 2 on those first two drives the Lions fast start 10 plays 80 yards touchdown the Bears come out move the football well have to settle for a field goal when they buckle uh in the in the red zone um shut them down on that second drive like I said but then then you know the Bears uh you know move the football once again uh were able to score on that second drive to to take the lead momentarily but the vikings are the vikings i'm um, looking at my schedule the lions once again um you know they had the ball four times in the first half twice in the first quarter twice in the second and you know as you hear me say in the second quarter knee-jerk reaction uh my hope that the bears would start following the guidelines that i had set out um was uh Well, they kind of ignored it.
1: Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter of the Bears and the Lions. And after a decent defensive drive on the second drive of the first quarter, Uh, The Bears' defense has been awful uh, pretty much for the entire second quarter. Um, Every time that they seem to make a step forward, something happens that they take two steps back. I mean, they sacked Stafford for a huge loss only to have to give it up because of uh, an offsides uh, penalty. The Bears just got boned huge by the review uh, officials on this one. Um, the, the Lions are driven within the, the 10-yard line. Stafford throws a pass to Golden Tate, who catches it. Um, as he's crossing the goal line, Kyle Fuller comes in and strips the ball out of his hands like mm, mm, st- uh, Im- immediately, just uh, just as soon as Tate catches it. Fuller rakes it out of his hands. It actually pops up in the air. Intercepted by Jonathan uh, Anderson, the Bears have the football, at least that was the call on the field. An interception, the Bears have a touchback, start at the 20. They go ahead and review it, and then in slow motion determine that he had the ball long enough for it to be a touchdown, and it was declared a touchdown. The Lions are up 21-13 to 13 on the Bears, and again... Let's go back to what I said. The Bears had to avoid in this football game. Number one, allowing the Lions to get off to a fast start, giving them any reason for hope and/or confidence, especially after the way the first five games have gone for them. And then to finish drives, finish them. The Bears have had the ball well four, four times. Technically, we just had the ball uh, for the fourth time, but we've had the ball. We had the ball for three drives. We drove the football within the red zone all 3 times. We came away with two field goals and a touchdown and right now that is the difference in the ball game is the fact that our offense cannot finish their drives. The Bears have had three drives. They've scored three times. The Lions have had the ball four times and scored three touchdowns. And that's why it is 21 to 21-13 instead of 21-21 to 21 because the Bears cannot finish drives in the red zone. We start the second half with the football, and hopefully we will figure out what it is we're doing wrong here in the first half.
0: I want to take a little something back on that one. It wasn't only 21-13. to 13. Because the Bears weren't finishing their drives on offense, it was also 21 to 13 because the Bears were terrible on defense uh, yesterday. Um, it was just extremely frustrating to watch defense that had played so well against Kansas City, that had played so well against Oakland, and actually who had had been playing so well since the Seattle game, three straight solid performances from the defense, uh, you know, only to have it just kind of thrown back into our faces. Uh, against a familiar foe to have them come out and uh, you know for the most part they manhandle us on on offense we we had no answer uh, for anything that they wanted to do especially uh, in the passing game Uh, you know and we didn't put any pressure on Stafford you know Uh, and, and like I said we're also killing ourselves with the penalties I don't know how Uh, that's something that you can address during the bye week how not to get penalized over and over again maybe it's a technique thing to get themselves in a better position not to get caught uh, with penalties like that maybe it's you know a mental thing or you know something like that I'm not sure how it is we can avoid it but uh, it's definitely something that one way or another whether it be on special teams killing you know decent field position for us or whether it be defense giving opportunities back to the offense over and over again or on offense. I mean, it happened a few times on offense that, um, you know, a few plays had to come back because of an offensive hold or, you know, whatever the case may be. Penalties have been a huge, huge factor uh, for the Bears uh, this year and a negative one uh, at that. So, I mean, a lot of calls going against us, but, uh, you know, and, and rightfully so for the most part. Uh, there's a – there's a uh, a couple of penalties in the fourth quarter. One that was called, and one was that wasn't. That we'll talk about here uh, in a few minutes. But as we went into the second half, things quieted down uh, quite a bit in the third quarter, where, where the teams you know rattle off 30 plus points uh, together uh, in the first half uh, alone. Um, you know, a pretty exciting second quarter. 14 points for uh, Detroit, 10 uh, for the Bears. A lot of scoring going on. It quieted, it quieted, quieted down quite a bit in the third quarter, as you'll hear me say.
1: Knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter, the Bears and the Lions, and the deficit is the same. It's still eight points. The Bears and Lions uh, share field goals or swap field goals uh, in uh, in the quarter. The big thing that is hurting the Bears is, number one, we can't seem to stop anything the Lions are doing especially on third down and the Bears can't run the ball today Uh, the one thing the Bears have been able to do consistently regardless of however however how well the offense as a whole was doing they've been able to run the football that has not been the case uh, for the offense today and once again the Bears with another trip into the red zone where they had to settle for a field goal so it's just been uh you know twice now uh, in this uh, in the drive AJ Cutler throws an interception to end one drive and we stall after recovering a muffed punt inside the 20 we end up stalling out again and having to settle for the field goal so if the bears ever figure out that they you know that uh, you know they can't they need to stop settling for field goals and put them in the end zone. We might get this game by the throat and take advantage of it in the fourth quarter. But the Bears have the football, and we start the fourth quarter down 24-16. to 16.
0: <laughs> Now, of course, that's something the Bears could figure out, that they need to score touchdowns and not kick field goals. That was me just being irritated. Uh, watching us move the ball down the field with ease and then basically hitting a brick wall, you know, anywhere between the 10 and the 20-yard line because that's always where it seemed to end. Uh, I did mention the interception that Jay threw uh, in the third quarter to start off the second half. Uh, mind you, the Bears had the football to kick things off in the second half, moved the football down the field, got within inside the red zone again, and then Jay tried to hit uh, Alshon in the corner uh, on a fade route and basically just didn't put the ball where he needed to. Um, you know, uh, uh, the analysts and experts and whatnot that I've, uh, you know, been reading columns on and everything today, basically saying that that was probably due more to lack of practice time together uh, than anything else when they get there, when they get back in sync, when they've had a few more opportunities together that, you know, maybe the play will go better for us that time. But, uh, you know, it's like Alshon was a little out of position. The throw was a bit off, made it an easy interception for Rasheen Mathis. And, you know, even if the Bears could have managed a field goal there, uh, you know, that could have been enough to win the football game uh, for us. So, um, you know, just another missed opportunity there. Um, not necess- Like I said, not necessarily a bad throw uh, from Jay, just one of those things where it's, uh, you know, everything just went wrong on that one particular uh, play it it wasn't a game killer like it's been in the past with the interceptions that Jay has thrown uh, but the, you know he's four for four this uh, you know uh, the last few weeks with uh, with uh, costly uh, uh, four for four in the games that he's played he did miss two games but uh, uh, you know it just uh, it's it's happening a little too often but this time it wasn't a game killer the Bears were able to uh, maintain uh, in the football game you did also hear me mention uh, you know, earlier and in the fourth, in the knee-jerk reaction there, the difficulty running the football. Uh, and it didn't have anything. This wasn't like the Mark Tressman style of difficulty running the football where he tried to run it on first down. We only got a yard and we never went back to the run for the next, you know, three possessions uh, or anything like that. The Bears tried to run the ball. It just wasn't happening uh, for one reason or another. I think we had a little bit too much of uh, trying to run forte between the tackles Uh, for some reason didn't really make much of an attempt to get him to the outside to get him around the corner where he's best that's where Forte really does most of his damages if you can get him to the outside get him into open space he's as dangerous as any runner in the league Uh, but trying to run him between the tackles he's basically just going to lower his head and run forward and for the most part that doesn't work out Uh, too well that's three yards in a cloud of dust and that's actually probably for the most part what he ended up with on Sunday I think 24 carries for 84 yards that's less than a four yard average which is a lot less than Forte's been averaging so far uh, this year so it's um, you know he is halfway to a thousand already so that shows how well over the the course of the season thus far how well we've been running the ball but the fact that he could barely he couldn't break four yards a carry against the Lions uh, yesterday shows the kind of difficulty that we had uh, running uh, the football so like I said the third quarter things quieted down a bit a field goal apiece for each team and a turnover a piece uh, for each team the Bears with the interception and the muffed punt on the on the part of the Lions that again we had to settle for a field goal instead of a touchdown but you know the field goals resulted in points for both teams or the interceptions resulted in points for both teams And, you know, we go into the fourth quarter with the same deficit. And in the fourth quarter, that's where all the fireworks happened. And that's where all of the, you know, more controversy for this game.
1: knee jerk reaction to the fourth quarter of the Bears and the Lions. And... Uh, what can I say, man? Uh, 22 seconds ago, this thing looked like it was a disaster. It looks like, it looked like the reps were going to screw the bears out of, uh, out of this one, a a bogus, uh, roughing the passer call on Pernell McPhee gives the lions uh, first and 10 inside the 10 yard line. A Calvin Johnson touchdown gives the lions a 34 to 31 lead with 22 seconds to go, but a big throw from Jay to, to Alshon, uh, to get them deep. And then, Back-to-back back, pass interference penalties on the Lions. Puts the Bears in field goal range. Robbie Gould puts it through the uprights as the clock strikes zero. It is 34 to 34-34. We are going into overtime. Now, let me say this right here, right now. If the Bears lose this game, they will have no one to blame but themselves because they have had way too many opportunities in this football game, red zone trips, what have you, to put points on the board. And the fact that they keep just settling for field goals is the only reason this game isn't already over. The offense has not had any trouble moving the ball against the Lions, but they've had all the trouble in the world putting it in the end zone. So I can't really give all the credit to the Lions defense because this has been a problem for the Bears all season. But the Lions have done a great job of buckling down inside the red zone, and the Bears have had nothing for them as far as trying to put it in the end zone. So, But two turnovers early in the fourth quarter, back-to-back by the Lions. The Bears turned into points, and that's where we sit 34-34 as we get ready to start for overtime.
0: You know, as I sit and I listen to these knee-jerk reactions, I'm reminded, you know, this game reminds me of that that mind-numbingly frustrating game in Washington in 2013. You guys remember that game? That's the one where Jay got hurt early in the football game and Josh McCown comes in, and out of his mind, 31 points after Jay gets benched, uh, we're we're winning the game, and then all we need to do, all we need is for the defense to hold him one time. One time to seal the victory, and the defense couldn't do it. They marched down the field, put a touchdown on the board, and that's how Washington won the football game. Same thing here. The Bears score a touchdown. They go up 31-27 to uh, on the Lions, and all we need is a stop. All we need is a stop. There's like three minutes left in the game. All we need is a stop on defense, just one. You know, you basically haven't stopped them at all throughout the entire football game. Now is the time to do it. And the, the Lions just, like I said, they made it look easy. The The Lions got backed into a corner, and then the referees gave them that gift again, uh, the the, the uh, roughing the passer call on pernell mcphee and it really wasn't even one of those typical ones where he just flat out blasted uh stafford about four seconds after he threw the football it was one of those things where he was engaged with the offensive tackle as he comes around he, he cuts to the inside uh to try to get past uh, the the tackle and is going to the ground and as he's going to the ground he hits stafford behind the legs he wasn't forcibly trying to take him down he would you know he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, he didn't rough the passer is basically what the what that is. Now, Dan Pompey, who's a columnist in Chicago, uh, covers the Bears. Uh, he made a good point. He's like, that was definitely not roughing the passer, but McPhee can't have him, can't put himself in that position at that point in the game. And he does have a point there. However, the real point is it wasn't a goddamn uh, pass, you know, roughing the passer call. It just wasn't. It really wasn't, and it should not have been called. At all, it really shouldn't have been called. It gave the Lions a fresh set of downs. It gave them, you know, half the distance to the goal, and uh, you know, because at that point, uh, that it was third down, and Stafford goes sailing over Megatron's head in the end zone, or whoever he was intending to on that particular throw, and it's fourth down, and the Lions are do or die, and have to go for the touchdown because they're down four. And instead, they get a fresh set of downs. They're inside like the ten or eleven yard line, whatever it was. A player or two later, Megatron in the end zone, touchdown. Uh, and you know, like I said, twenty-two seconds to go. It pretty much looks like it's over. And um, you know, God bless uh, Jay. Um, you know, he's been he's been awesome this year, guys. You have to admit that. He's had his moments, and you know what most quarterbacks do. But for the most part, he's unflappable. The guy's been an, an, an amazing leader uh, this year. He led the football team down the field, got us in position to tie the game up and send us into overtime, and that's exa- that's what we needed him to do. Just like we needed two touchdown drives out of him last week to beat Kansas City, we needed him to get us down the field to kick the, the field goal against the, uh, against the Raiders. We got the job done in, in both cases, and he got it done a third time. He got us back to zero again for the most part. You know, it's a 0-0 game in overtime, and he got us into the into position to, to uh, you know, have a chance in overtime to get this football game, and uh, despite what the referees were were doing uh, to us. So, you know, I mean, the offense really just kind of had its way uh, with the Lions uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, went in with 16, finished with 34. You know, three scoring drives uh, in that uh in that fourth quarter, a touchdown for Forte, a touchdown for Alshon Jeffrey to take the lead, and then, you know, the field goal in the closing seconds to send it to overtime. The offense kind of finally woke up, which is what made the which was what made what the offense did in overtime so disappointing.
1: Knee-jerk reaction to the overtime period, and well, they did it. They blew it. Uh, they gave the game away, and uh, you know, I don't know what the hell we were doing on offense in this overtime period. Uh, it, it just seemed like everybody was playing like we had another four quarters of football to play. Just being kind of conservative, you know, kind of run the ball a little bit, not attacking the Lions like we were at the end of regulation, you know, because we had to, but playing like we had all the time in the world hey, man, let's just, you know, do what we do. And it's just, no, we go out there, we do nothing with our one, you know, possession in the football game, and we give the ball back to the Lions. And, uh, you know, the defense in this one, it's... eh. You know, it, it just felt it felt typical in the in that old like uh, cynical bear fan type way where whatever's bothering your football team, the Bears can fix it. If you're an offense that hasn't been able to move the football, if you had trouble turning over the turning it over over and over again like the Lions have, then you play the Bears. Then all of a sudden, the foot the offensive football team that you were that got you to the playoffs last year will reappear. Calvin Johnson, who has done nothing against anybody so far this year, will be Megatron. Again, uh, Golden Tate, who has been, you know, absent on the offensive side, will make big plays uh, for you. Your running game that was only averaging 49 yards a game, no problem. We'll give you at least 60 in the first half, you know, no sweat uh, there. Now, granted, the referees helped the Lions win this football game, number one, by giving them that touchdown in the first half for Golden Tate, which is ridiculous. I mean, that's all anybody's been able to talk about since it happened was how the Bears got screwed on that one. And then a bogus uh, uh, roughing the passer call at the end of regulation on Pernod McPhee, just, just awful. But overall, the, like I said, in the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction, the Bears have no one to blame but themselves. We had five or six red zone trips today only two touchdowns having to settle for one field goal after another that is why we lost this game more than anything okay more than anything because if we score which we had the opportunity to do every single time in that red zone this isn't even. This game was over in regulation. Not sitting here in, in overtime, you know, wondering what happened and and, uh, and so on. The Bears. Uh, I don't want to say the Bears gave this one away, but they let the Lions hang around when they had the opportunity to bury Detroit in the football game. And it was happened from the beginning. I told. I said that we needed to finish drives and score touchdowns, not field goals. And we needed to bury Detroit early, so they had no hope, no confidence. So neither one of those things happened today. That's why the lions won the game so you know when they start listening to me maybe we'll start winning some games when we come back week number eight against minnesota we got a week off to think about it and let it stew uh you know and we deserve to lose this one especially with the fact that we just basically refused to take it away from detroit when we had so many opportunities to do so
0: yeah it doesn't sound at all like i hate losing to the lions does it i mean uh, I don't I just, I really do hate losing to Detroit. It really does uh, suck, especially when you're playing an 0-5 team that it lost all hope and that the fan base, I mean, you heard Jeremy Reisman, uh, Reisman uh, on the show uh, on Thursday talking about how the fan base is rooting for 0-16 so they can just tear it all down and start over again. And then they have this game where the base of the 2014 Lions showed up. The offense is moving the football and, you know, throwing it to this guy and that guy. And Stafford's throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns uh, and everything. And I was actually just looking at the box score while that uh, knee-jerk reaction was playing. And Forte didn't even break 70 yards on the ground. He was 24 carries for 69 yards. Don't know where I got 84 from. But, um, you know, 24 carries, 69 yards, 2.9 yards of carry. So he didn't even break three yards uh, carry on Sunday. That's the difficulty that we had running the football uh, on Sunday and he only had three catches for 20 yards out of the backfield so just looking at that you know we put the ball in his hands enough times um running the football but nowhere near enough throwing uh the football only five targets and three receptions on Sunday Forte is usually one of the leading receivers uh on the team uh for better for worse maybe with the return of Alshon Jeffrey and Bennett uh that we didn't feel like we needed to do that but um you know, obviously, hindsight being 2020, uh, 20 you know, that's obviously not the best course of action. Speaking of hindsight, I, one thing I forgot to mention about the fourth quarter was not only was our conservative-type play calling disappointing in overtime, uh, we just didn't seem – we just weren't being aggressive. Uh, like, we did have, you know, a lot of time. Like, we did have another half or another, you know, four quarters of football to play – um, and also we were playing like our defense hadn't we, – we, we played like our defense had been playing well uh, in the football game. Uh, you know, one instance in particular, the last offensive drive the Bears had in regulation, not the one where we kicked the field goal to tie the game, but the one before that, the one before the Lions' go-ahead touchdown. We had the football, you know, like three, three and a half minutes, whatever it was, in the game to go – and we come out, and instead of trying to string together some first downs and kill the clock, we ran the ball three straight times and then punted back to the Lions. And, you know, it's like I – like I said, hindsight being twenty twenty. 20 you want to pat John Fox on the back and be like, yep, you got confidence in your defense, you're confident in confident in two things: one, your defense is going to make a play, and two, the Lions will make a mistake like they have in the first five games uh, this year. But nothing that had happened in the first four quarters of that game would should lead you to believe that that was going to happen. Okay, the Lions uh, were playing too well on offense at that point, and our defense was wasn't playing well at all. Uh, you know, and that final drive when the Lions just basically moved it at will uh, on us to to get it in in range and score that touchdown. Um, you know, like I said, hindsight being 2020 was definitely the wrong way to go. We should have been a lot more aggressive on that on that drive uh, than we were. You know, just the three yards and a cloud of dust when when the Lions had timeouts to burn and everything to uh, to give away to basically give the ball back to the Lions and let them. Try to win it instead of us trying to wear the clock down and take it away from him. So, um, definitely was not a big fan uh, of that move uh, at all. But as you heard me say in the overtime period, um, you know it it happened again, and I I I didn't mention it in the overtime knee jerk reaction. But as I did earlier in the show, but the holding call on Willie Young on that big play to to Megatron at the other end of the field, fifty seven yard pass reception. Number one, the matchup that we ended up giving them on that one was just insane. Kyle Fuller, uh, uh, you know, pushes uh, Calvin Johnson onto uh, uh, Jones-Corte, the, the rookie free agent safety that we got off waivers before we played the Cardinals. He was one-on-one with Megatron down the field, and while he was there, he was there in coverage, he was in position. He was in no position to do a jump ball situation Uh, with Calvin Johnson. That kid's like 5'10", maybe. Calvin Johnson's 6'5". He's going to win a jump ball every single time. So, um, you know, we were in a lose-lose battle, or we were going to lose that battle no matter what anyway. But the holding call on Willie Young that was not called. I mean, you can go back and you can look. I mean, I've I've seen GIFs on Twitter uh, of that, uh, you know, focusing on Willie Young, basically trying to be drugged down. Like, the guy that was blocking him was under Willie Young's right for a, a right armpit and like holding onto the collar of his shoulder pad from behind. That is, you know how how obvious the holding call was, and instead it doesn't get called. It's instead it's a fifty-seven yard gain uh, for the Lions, and uh, you know, like I said, two plays later they kicked the field goal that won them the game. So, um, lots of opportunities here uh, for the for the Bears to have won the game you know not only did we lose the game because of our red zone opportunities missed i mean we basically lived in the red zone in this game the lions just you know couldn't stop us from getting there but they held firm anytime we got there and uh you know had trouble putting it in the end zone which is ultimately what you want uh you know it just um it was disappointing it was extremely disappointing extremely frustrating You know, to watch us move the ball so well down the field and then watch us hit a brick wall, uh, you know, where you need to be breaking through. And, uh, you know, the other thing that I failed to mention really in the knee-jerk reactions I mean, I kind of did mention it from time to time, but that the defense was just terrible in this game, which is so disappointing. Uh, You know, you you consider the defense kind of peaking. You know, at the moment, the performance they had against Kansas City, the way that they handled uh, the Raiders, and 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 how they showed their tenacity and and you know no quit in them uh, in the in the the loss to the Seahawks week number three. Um, you know, it's just uh, disappointing to see them come out and perform that way. I mean, now granted, I am not saying anything that they quit or you know that's one thing that they didn't do was give up. However, they were just bad on Sunday. They were just bad. So, I mean, that's what was disappointing was to watch them regress, especially with this being the week before the bye. You know, so they have to go into bye. And maybe it's a good thing for the future. Maybe this is a blessing in disguise going forward from here for them to have to sit there and watch that film of that performance, knowing that they are capable of so much better uh, than that. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, disappointing to see them have that kind of have that regression going into the bye and having to sit and stew on that for a couple of weeks before we get ready for the, uh, for the Vikings uh, on November the 1st in week number eight. So, you know, like I said, as a football fan, probably enjoyed the game, 70-plus points. You get to go to overtime, a division rivalry, and so on. But as a Bear fan, it was a frustrating, frustrating day watching the offense that had run the football so well all season fail to run the football and watch the defense that had been peaking that had been getting better each and every week watch them regress to their old 2014 ways of basically letting their opponent offense do whatever they wanted uh, against them so you know definitely not something you wanted to see and especially something i did not want to see against the goddamn detroit lions so uh you know it sucks and it sucks so we got two weeks to sit there and listen or you know think about what we could have done and and so on and so forth before we get ready for the Vikings we go in at 2 and 4 which in the end is where I thought the bears might be right about this time in the season considering how unforgiving the first batch of the schedule was for us but coming up we got the Vikings the Chargers the Rams the Broncos and the Packers in the month of November so now, the Packers and the Broncos are pretty much back-to-back because that's Sunday against the, Pac- or the the Broncos, Thanksgiving night, Thursday night against Green Bay uh, to close out November. But it's like Minnesota, San Diego, um, St. Louis. There's an opportunity for us to gain some ground, depending on which one of the St. Seat- uh, Louis teams we get. Because those, those guys are schizophrenic. They really, really are. Are they going to come out and be the world beaters that tore down the Seahawks you know that gave the business to you know uh, to anybody else and beat the 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 Cardinals in Arizona a couple of weeks ago. Or are they going to be the ones that got steamrolled by the Redskins? Uh, you know, are they going to be that team, the team that couldn't do anything offensively? uh against the uh against the Steelers and uh you know couldn't take advantage of the fact that Ben Roethlisberger had been knocked out of the game are we going to get that St. Louis team or are we going to get the team that stomped a hole in the in the Seahawks and and beat the Arizona Cardinals so I mean I guess it's a good thing for us that we're not in their division because that seems to be the only teams that they're capable of beating right now so maybe that's one thing that will work for us uh, going forward so we'll have to wait and see so a disappointing loss for the bears 0-2 in the NFC North now uh, to go along with the first one we lost against Green Bay week one and another NFC North clash coming after the bye with Minnesota so that's going to do it for the review segment now let's go ahead and wrap this thing up with everybody's favorite segment bear up bear down <laughs> And before we get to Bear Up and Bear Down, got a little show business that I want to share with you guys. Um, we do not have a preview episode this week, obviously, since we're on a bye. However, we are going to have another review episode this week as Jeff Dickerson from ESPN has agreed to come back onto the show to talk about these first six games uh, for the Bears and and what he thinks the forecast looks like going into the final 10 games of the season starting with that game against minnesota and beyond so we were able to get him back he is a man of his word he said he would come back and he is i'm speaking to him on wednesday morning and the show will be out on thursday and then we will have a little break before we come back for the preview episode next thursday for the bears and the Vikings. So this Thursday will be a review episode. Jeff Dickerson from ESPN coming back to give his take on the team and the season thus far. You know, and this is the guy who knows, spends the time with the team as the beat writer, follows them all over the country. Lucky bastard. And uh, you know, so if anybody knows, he'll know, and he'll be willing to share with us this week uh, on on the uh, the the first half review episode uh, coming this Thursday. So. If you have any questions you might want to have me ask Jeff, uh, feel free to hit me up on Facebook at the Chicago Bears Review page on Facebook or on Twitter at Shy Bears Review, C-H-I Bears Review uh, on Twitter. So go ahead and send me your questions and I'll uh, see if I can squeeze them in and pass them along to Jeff and see what he has to say uh, for us. Now, on to this Bear Up and Bear Down segment, the interesting thing about it. Is that I only have one name on the bear down list, and um, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, A surprising bear up, though, and I got to give it to special teams. Special teams finally were not our Achilles heel in a football game. Whereas, you know, last week against Kansas City, they tried to give the football game away despite, you know, being responsible for blocking a field goal that essentially was the difference in the football game. But there were no holding calls on, on any of the returns. No blocking the backs. Nothing that would you know keep the Bears from having the field position that they'd earned on the kick returns. Uh, Mark Mariani wasn't anything special uh, returning it, but he didn't put the ball on the ground. He didn't make any mistakes or anything uh, like that. So he got the yardage that he could, which is all you can really ask for uh, in that situation. Uh, you know, Robbie Gold obviously gets the bear up as part of special teams. Uh, you know, kicked uh, kicked quite a few. How many field goals did he have? Uh, you know, with the, the way that we did it, uh, Robbie Gold had four. Four field goals, a long of 38, which is – that's what's also pissing me off. The longest field goal he kicked all day was only 38 yards, and I think that was the one that tied the game to send us into overtime otherwise Robbie Gold was kicking like 26 yard field goals and 22 yard field goals because we were inside the red zone and couldn't finish the deal Um, but overall Robbie Gold once again was clutch a 38 yard field goal as time expires to send it uh, to overtime so a bear up for Robbie Gold and for special teams forcing two turnovers mind you of the three turnovers the Bears were able to get on Sunday two of them came from special teams, One, a heads-up play from Josh Bellamy uh, when the punt returner just muffed it right there in front of him, and the other one was a fumble recovery, not so really so much a fumble recovery as it was a live ball recovery. One of the Lions players blocked into uh, the football as it was kind of rolling around, and one of our guys jumped on it to to recover it, and uh, that led to a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. I think the Alshon Jeffrey touchdown that gave us the lead one either the Forte touchdown that got us close, or the Jeffrey touchdown that got us the lead. One of the two. I'm not. I don't remember uh, which it was. But a big bear up to the special teams, you know, for finally not being the reason that we lost the football game, or being the reason why uh, the game was closer than it should have been. So uh, you know, and obviously to Robbie Gould for being clutch once again, hasn't missed a kick all year. Uh, God bless him. So uh, other bear ups, Jay Cutler. You know, 353 yards uh, through the air. Uh, You know, was it three touchdowns uh, on the game? Or actually, I think he just threw one. Yeah, one touchdown. uh, 26 of 41, 353 and a touchdown in the game. Only sacked once uh, on Sunday. And I think it was, it really wasn't even a sack so much it was. He didn't get across the line of scrimmage before they got to him like the pocket had busted and he was going to run, but got stopped short of the line of scrimmage. So technically it was a sack, so more of a covered sack than a blown blown assignment or anything like that. But, um, you know, like I said, the guy's been a leader for us when we've needed him to step up. He has done that. Uh, he did throw an interception, but it was it was wasn't one of those game killers where the Bears had to come back from it. Or it's amazing that we did recover and come back from it. You know, just the bad interception, or you know, and a lot of uh, I've been reading a lot of people saying that uh, you know those kind of moments in the future will come when Jay and Alshon are kind of back on the same page again once they've got some practice time with each other. So let's hope that is true. So, uh, so bear up to Jay, bear up to Alshon Jeffrey. God bless him. He's been gone for 4 weeks and we've missed him that entire time and then he comes back and you know at at this point it's you know you got to give the guy credit for holding out as long as he did. You know, I guess knowing his body and knowing that he wasn't ready because when he came back, he didn't play hurt. He didn't play like he wasn't 100%. He came out 8 catches, 147 yards, a touchdown and those clutch catches at the end. And that last touchdown and and that last uh, drive in regulation, uh, one big – he actually made two catches. Technically, there were two pass interference calls, but the second one – or the first one, I should say, was declined because Alshon made the catch and then moved the ball like another five or ten yards before they pushed him out. And then another pass interference call is what got the Bears down to the 20-yard line and kicked the field goal. But, uh, you know, big plays from Alshon uh, you know, and the touchdown reception as well. So he came roaring back in a big way, which was good to see after being so frustrated hearing that he's on the injured list, on the injured list, on the injured list, not playing inactive, inactive, inactive. He finally comes out and he plays like the Alshon Jeffrey we all know and love. So, and then finally on the bear upside, uh, James Anderson. And this is, oh, that was Jonathan Anderson, wasn't it? Uh, from last year that, um, that we had that we signed to that one-year deal uh last year and everything or was it Jonathan? no it was jonathan anderson my mistake uh they both had the same name the guy that we signed from the panthers started for us and then we didn't re-sign him at the end of the year this is another jonathan anderson the guy that we picked up off waivers and uh signed to the to the uh 53 man uh roster he had two interceptions in this game Number one, and both of them were heads-up plays on his part. The first one that was stolen from him by the referees on that bogus call. Uh, and I think the most frustrating part, I haven't really talked about this yet, is that call, you know, the, the, the interception, the turnover that was taken away and it was a touchdown given to the Lions on that one. The most frustrating part is that any analyst, any show, I mean, I've watched ESPN, Fox, uh, NFL Network, nobody can agree on what happened and that is the most frustrating part the only the only people that are agreeing right now are the officials in the game and the nfl backing up the official you know they're, they're not coming out and saying that the officials got it wrong they're coming out you know citing what it was that uh you know that golden tate you know had two feet down and he was in the end zone therefore the play is over and it's a touchdown but if, you know, but they've stolen touchdowns away from other teams and other players because of the whole continuous act thing. If you go with the entire continuous act, okay, Tate never had possession of the ball because Kyle Fuller pulled it out of his hands and it was fumbled, if you will, and recovered uh, by the Bears. That was the continuous motion. If you let the play finish, that's it. It's a turnover, plain and simple. And,. That's where most you know you got people on that side of the fence, and then people on the whole. Well, I you know the by the def, NFL's you know strict interpretation of the rule, it is a touchdown. Then they really need to figure out that rule. They really absolutely do because even Golden Tate himself, not doubting once again that it was a touchdown. This is also the same guy that caught that quote unquote caught the touchdown against the the against the Packers. That, that, that Hail Mary where they, uh, you know, he was the receiver for the Seahawks that caught that touchdown pass against the Packers on Monday night where the Packers got screwed out of that call by the replacement refs. Same guy, believe it or not. And, um, you know, Golden Tate even said himself that even he wonders what a catch is and what isn't, you know. But one thing he is certain of, that was a touchdown. He's absolutely certain of that. This is also the same guy that was delusional enough to look a reporter in the face and be like, yeah, man. I caught that. That was a touchdown for sure. It's like, no, dude, the DB caught the ball, and then you just hugged the ball after he caught it. That's what happened. I remember that game. I was watching it. So, um, you know, that's the the part where the delusion kicks in for for him. But, you know, it just, um, yeah. I mean, and and that obviously ends up being a difference in the football game. That touchdown being taken away from the Lions makes all the difference in the world. It's a one-point game going into halftime. Uh, and everything. It just ch- completely alters the outcome uh, of the game. And it's just frustrating to see a play like that, especially one that's controversial, uh, go against your team. And I know that it's, you know, I'm like crying in my beer here for any Lions fans that might possibly be listening to this, especially since they're only a week or two removed from getting screwed by the refs on Monday night in Seattle of all places. But um, you know, still, you just hate to see stuff like that go against your team. And, uh, you know, I just uh, it just sucks for for the game not to be decided on the field, for the referees to have to come in and and do something like that and make a difference in the game. Uh, It just uh, it sucks to have to see that. So anywho, on to our final note, our bear down for the week is the entire defense Uh, just uh, from head to toe. For the most part, aside from Jonathan Anderson, uh, of course, who was basically the one standout who made the interception in the end zone on the Golden Tate play. And also, a very heads-up play. Stafford just tried to get a little too cute there in the fourth quarter, was uh, was being flushed out of the pocket, and decides that he's going to shovel it, shovel pass it to his running back. Uh, of course, it did not go the way that he wanted to. The running back tips it in the air. Anderson is there to intercept it, and that we turn it into a touchdown. So, um, you know, it just... Uh, he, was, he made the heads-up plays in, in, in big opportunities. And the one thing that we've really been needing from the defense up to this point has been takeaways, and he delivered two on Sunday. So he gets a bear up from me. Uh, the defense, on the other hand, gets a huge bear down uh, after the last three weeks and the way that they played against the Seahawks, the Raiders, and the Chiefs. Uh, for them to come out against the, the off of the line. I mean, and what makes it worse is that the Lions have been struggling so much on the offensive side of the ball i mean stafford got got benched because he threw like four picks in the first half uh last week and you know he's been a turnover machine uh so far this season the lions can't figure out how to run uh the football 49 yards a game they're averaging in the first five games and you know in this game they had 155 yards uh on the ground stafford had 37 by himself you know it's just You know, and like I said, that cynical attitude that you have as a Bear fan sometimes, whatever's ailing your team, the Bears can help you fix it. Haven't been able to put points on the board, the Bears will help you out with that. They'll give up plenty. Uh, You've been having trouble hanging on to the football, turning it over too much? Don't worry about it. The Bears don't want the ball. They want you to have it and, you know, things like that. Having trouble stopping the run? We'll play the Bears, and for some reason, they'll keep running right into the heart of your defense when they know that they can take you to the outside Over and over again, you know, just that kind of cynical attitude and for it to happen against the Lions, of course, I hate more than anything else in the world. So very frustrating to see that happen. Uh, You know, the defense, uh, you know, and the other thing is they haven't been able to block for Stafford. He's been sacked, you know, a dozen times or more. Already in the first five games, just getting beat up left and right, even when he has been able to get the ball away. And aside from those uh, couple of sacks that we had on Stafford, he was pretty much untouched uh, throughout the entire football game. So, also frustrating uh, as well. So, a bear down to the defense, a huge letdown after some really, really solid performances. Performances that seem to build on each other week after week. A good performance against the Seahawks, then a better one against the, the Raiders, then an even better one. Uh, against the Chiefs and we come in against the team that's struggling and pretty much hand them the game by doing the opposite of everything we've been doing uh, up to this point so that's what was uh, extremely frustrating uh, watching that performance so and that was going to do it for the week six review episode of the Chicago Bears review like I said come back on Thursday And here my discussion with Jeff Dickerson breaking down the first six games of the season for our beloved and where he thinks we're headed in the final 10 games, a.k.a. the second half. Uh, of the season you know what chances do we have what improvement will we have is Kevin White coming back are we going to see him we're going to see number 13 on the field this season or are we more likely to see him in 2016 all of that and whatever questions you guys throw at me on Thursday we have Jack Dickerson on for the first half review show uh, of the Chicago Bears Review so until then my name is Larry D and this has been the Chicago Bears Review